Digital Smart, enabling organisations and individuals to be disability inclusive and accessible. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast episode. I'm Jodie Greer. I'm the founder of Be People Smart, and I'm excited to be busting more myths with you. But before I tell you what myth we're busting today, I want to introduce our wonderful guest speaker, Rob Lockwood. But as you'll do it so much better than me, Rob, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Absolutely. Uh, hi, Jodie. Thank you very much. And hello to people listening. Um, I am Rob Lockwood. Uh, I'm a creativity and leadership coach at Atticus Hunter, uh, where we provide coaching, training and facilitation in playful and creative ways. Love that. Which leads us really nicely onto the myth we're busting today. So the myth is that learning for adults isn't supposed to be fun. And I'm really excited about this episode because when I deliver workshops, sometimes the subject matter can actually be quite a serious one, but it's still really important to me that people enjoy learning. And I love to see the smiles and have laughter through sessions and so on. So when I came across Rob, um, yeah, I was like, you know what, we've got, we've got to know more about what you do, but also I'd love to share it with other people. So I think this is going to be a good one. Absolutely. So, Rob, maybe a bit of an obvious question for you, I don't know, but why do you think learning should be fun? Um, well, I guess the, the place that I'd go is to why shouldn't it be fun? Um, it's something that we do, something that we have to do, something that we've done since we were young and may continue to do as we get older. So why not enjoy it? Make it fun. Uh, people are more likely to be engaged when they're having fun. They're more likely to stay engaged um when you're engaged you pay attention and you take stuff in and it it really helps the sometimes uninteresting become interesting just by making it a bit more fun see I I love that and for me I mean even from a personal standpoint if I go to any kind of event function learning session and I enjoy it then the likelihood is I'll want to repeat it or I'm going to go back to that same team for something else because Mm -hmm. You know, they're the ones that stick in your mind. The ones where you come out, you might have had takeaways, but you kind of think, wow, that was two hours of my life. Mm-hmm. It's not really what you're going for. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. If if you're clock watching, because it's not fun, yeah. Do you really want to be there? So I love the fact that you want people to want to be there. Absolutely. I mean, it's... It's really easy to not enjoy what you do and just get on with it. It's sometimes quite hard to enjoy what you do and to make it fun. But when you do, it makes it so much better. When when I was um, about 20, I worked in a co-op little supermarket, like the, a little one off a petrol station. And I worked there with my best mate and we had been mates since we were about 11. And the management in the place wouldn't let us work together because we played <laughs> too much. And we kind of thought that was a bit bit annoying because, you know, we liked working with each other. But interestingly, when we did work together, we had so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. We were playing all the time, but it might have been like, let's have a race to see who can stack the shelves the fastest or who can collect the most out of date food or whatever it was. We got so much more done purely because we were having fun whilst doing it. And that led to our customer service being better because we were happy and we were joking. And the whole thing was great. But then we'd be told we weren't allowed to work together again because we're having too much fun. 
Yeah, see, and that's so strange, especially when, and I love this fact, fun and efficiency went hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, because because within that, there's like the the implicit kind of respect for for yourselves you don't want each other to get in trouble you don't want to go and have fun and then do a bad job and then get booted out you you go to 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 have fun to work to get a job done but when you have that respect for each other and respect for the job then you are going to make it efficient like the 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 most efficient effective places that i have worked are places that you can actually have fun yeah i really like that and something you're making me think of as well is particularly within kind of corporate business, but I'm sure it'll be similar in public sector, um, is most people will have some form of individual development plan for the year. And even when it's like, you know, what training or learning um, should I be taking and I need to get my plan together, it can feel onerous right at the start. And then what I often find from people is if they go into learning sessions that they kind of almost feel were put on them because they had to have something in their plan. They're actually thinking about work. They're thinking about the stuff they're not doing right then. They're thinking about how many more emails or, you know, what other, the, oh, you know, deadlines and things that they should have been working on instead of spending a day in this room. And what I find, so you can tell me if it's similar for you, what I find um, I get comments from people in workshops are things like actually it was really fun. It enabled me to switch off and be in the moment. And that for me is one of the biggest compliments. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's because when they're, because they're enjoying it, right. If they're in in your workshop and it is enjoyable, they, it's almost like they don't have the capacity to think about the other stuff because they're focused on what you're delivering. And then that makes it much more powerful because they're actually soaking in everything that you're you're putting out there yeah I mean I I just love that I love the fact that fun enables people to literally be present and take the session take that learning opportunity for what it is Mm -hmm. and to actually take the takeaways that were intended for them to be able to you know progress and improve and so on and not to feel like they were split into pieces that day (laughs) absolutely but and it's interesting. So um, Rob and I came across each other when I actually visited a um, small business fair. I'm probably getting the name wrong there, Rob. Um, and that's where I met Atticus Hunter. But the reason I actually gravitated to your stand, another personal thing, was because you had Lego. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So... I mean, we obviously chatted about it on the day. And yes, if anyone's listening, I did play with the Lego. I love Lego. Um, so we talked about it. But for our listeners, why Lego? Why Lego? Well, similar to the fun question. Why not? Why not Lego? Um, no, but why Lego? Um, so as as a coach, um, a lot of the, the work that I do is supporting people in developing pretty vivid visuals in their head um and for quite a while my style stuck with having it in their head um and then as time went on uh i'm I'm a big fan of lego um that's that's quite easy i'm sure for people to see um but um i i find myself using lego in my coaching in various different ways finding things online that i quite like the idea of and kind of building that in 
But then after a period of time, I found a thing called Lego Serious Play. And this was a, uh, a set of tools and techniques developed uh, at Lego in the 90s, which initially started as like a, a business development tool. They, they used it to look at like their strategy for the next few years and stuff, um, which whilst I'm saying it, I'm sure people are still wondering, how does that work? Is this playing with Lego? Um, and so I, I went and learned how to facilitate in this method and then took it away and started using it in my coaching in a in much more uh, vigorous way, I suppose, in a much more structured way. And the way that it does work is that any workshop or any coaching that we're doing, it's based on, it starts off with the questions that um, you want answered. So we can really, I like, the way I like to think of it is that we can use the Lego Serious Play to answer any question that you have that doesn't have one single answer. So if you're looking at a problem to solve or there is um, something that you're wanting to look at, say, what does high performance look like in our team or something like this? And then instead of answering it with words, you answer it through building with the Lego. I have uh, specific sets that I use and random bricks that I use and other elements that we just pour out onto a table and people can build out these ideas, these models in front of them. And it's all highly based on on metaphor. So as much as you might have um, a brick looking around my room trying to grab a brick, here's just this duck. This this single brick that I'm holding in my hand might be a yellow two by one Lego brick. You may also say that's a block of cheese. Uh, that could be a brick in the wall of a house. It could be a boat. That could be this. This could be my imagination when I'm thinking about something. It doesn't matter what it is, but you are putting some meaning onto that piece of Lego. You're creating that metaphor. And so by building something, you're creating this whole understanding of your thinking physically in front of you. So you're using your your visual modes, you're using, using your audible because you will be talking as well. And you're also using your kinesthetic modes, which is often left out in learning. So you're actually getting your hands on, on bricks and building something, but it's not building it from a manual. You're not following a, a kit, it's just, completely open to you as to how you want to use it yeah it's so interesting because and my own personal learning preference is kinesthetic so I definitely learn better by doing mm -hmm. so yeah you know that whole tactile piece for me works really well and yet when I first sat with you um and we talked about the lego and you you presented me with like a some blocks and a platform um I just sort of stared at them to start with, because to me, Lego comes with a really nice, uh, you know, instruction booklet tells me what bits to put on which. And I sort of stared at them. But I found that after you might recall this, I'm sure you met lots of people there. But I uh, found that after just a couple of minutes, I don't know, the, the bits, the, you know, all the parts started to come to life. And I was like, yeah, that represents that. And then I'm going to put a person on the top there because they're succeeding. And my my mind sort of just started absolutely wandering. And all of a sudden, there was like a dozen pieces of Lego all plastered. And they certainly meant something to me. <laughs> hmm. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It's amazing. Um, at the start of the workshops, we usually do a, a skills building so that people can get to get to you get to get get to grips with using the bricks, putting them together, uh, adding meaning to them, telling stories about them, that kind of thing. But on the day we sat down and I gave it to you straight. Here you go. Here's the stuff straight into the deep end. And you had to had to give it a go. And you did. And it was great. And you could tell that story. But now that you have that build in front of you, you have those pieces. Not only have you 
um, kind of um, not only have you externalized your thinking, but you have also allowed other people to see it so that I could start asking questions about what's the significance of this brick you've used over here? Or I notice your person is turned slightly this way. What's the significance of that? And unconsciously, whether whether you meant to put it in that place or not, or, oh, I just chose this yellow brick because it was the right size, there will be a meaning that you can put to that piece. Um, and it would have been chosen for some kind of reason. And it's really, it's it's, it's so good fun. It's such good fun. Mm-hmm. And it gets people around the room from sitting back, arms crossed, leaning back in their chair, to actually sitting up and around a table and kind of grabbing pieces and moving things around, um, which then takes us on to the, ne- the next stage, which is when we're answering or asking these questions to, to one another. Tell me about your model. What do you have there? What's the relevance of this and that and the other? Then you go around the table and that going around the table piece removes the loudest person in the room, which there often is in, in meetings and in workshops, because everyone gets equal say in telling their story. And you can't tell whether someone was right or wrong because that's their thinking, that's their model, that is the right thing for them to have built. But you can ask about it and you can see it so clearly. You don't have to ask about something you think they might be thinking. It's there in front of you. But then also the person that's often the quietest, they might leave themselves out. They get to speak as well. But there are some people that aren't comfortable with speaking in groups, even even fairly small groups. So what happens in the Lego series play, which I really appreciate, is the fact that when we are talking to these models and telling the stories, the model is in front of the person and everyone looks at and we talk to that model, not to the person that's built it. So the, the per- if, if someone's not comfortable in those situations, they can almost um, kind of just focus on that model and talk to that, almost as if they're on, in a room on their own, rather than having all these people around, because it's not them, it's just the story about this model. See what quite well um for people who are neurodivergent as well because you know that kind of comfort space and the way to engage with the others in the room and so on um obviously not everyone but for some people that would actually work really well for them absolutely yeah yeah I've had lots of comments from people um who aren't comfortable usually in in large groups and small groups that say actually that was really quite pleasant it's quite a comfortable workshop because they, they are they can be in that space and they don't get overwhelmed by everything else so thinking about inclusion and so obviously it's not going to shock you from me and also accessibility now I absolutely love lego but let's not pretend it can be very finickety um it is very tactile <laughs> if you put two together they're not always the easiest to get off so if someone was in your training session and maybe they had a mobility impairment or maybe limited dexterity and they found Lego really difficult, how how can they still be included? Mm-hmm. Uh, great question. Um, so, yeah, you're right. It is such a tactile thing. It is something that, that people to physically build need some level of dexterity. And I guess having the support in place to support that person if they cannot physically build is really important. So asking ahead of time whether there are people that require any extra support. Whenever I go into a workshop, it's it's no secret that it is Lego that we're using, but it might not be fully understood as to what we're doing with the Lego, whether it's building, looking at, talking about, whatever else. So asking the question explicitly whether they need that support or not um, is, is really, really important. And there are different ways that you could go about that support as well. So having someone there that can build for them and, and whether they're part of the workshop or not, or even 
pairing them up with someone who else who who is also building as as part of the workshop that the whole thing is about co-creation so you will start with a model for an individual and then you'll build that into a model for the group and then you go on from there um and you're co-creating this understanding as to whatever it is topic you're covering so there's no reason that can't start from the beginning and co-create the first model i love the fact it can be inclusive and on a slightly different track i find in some with some audiences you will often get and i i tend to find it's often like a one person in a room who i describe as very corporate and so when i'm doing like experiential workshops this is the person that is genuinely not not necessarily uncomfortable to have fun with it but thinks this is completely off the wall because this is not you know stiff upper lip top hat type mm-hmm. scenario and usually they you know that they, they will take part but you can sometimes tell from their demeanor that they're still thinking wow you know this isn't what senior leaders in my position should be doing for the next hour and a half and it isn't that often but you do get them so I'm wondering you know playing with Lego let's be honest do you come across these people and so how do you kind of broach that or do you just let them muck in a kind of a I do <laughs> well yeah so uh, it's really interesting actually with this that it tends to be the more cynical the person the more they get out of it and I've, I've absolutely experienced those kind of people that, that you mentioned there and you see their face at the start of the workshop and they find out they're playing with lego oh you know, a big grumble or something like that and you can just see it in their face and as they get into it as they st- as they go through the the skills building and we're building it up slowly so that we're not throwing people into the deep end like we did with you at the show um we're, we're giving everyone the time to, to 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 build into it they kind of get back into that point where play was okay and that's one of the things that this does as well it it's almost like um an anchor to your childhood for those that did play with lego or even just played with toys because i mean it it is a kid's toy it started out as a kid's toy and now it's um, more than that but it's it's almost like an anchor to the past where it was okay to play it was fun to experiment and to create and to have an imagination and you just see throughout the session them kind of really get into it the tie comes undone maybe it comes off um they're leaning over the table they're doing this and and they're I often get the best feedback from those that went in with the idea that it was you know foolish or whatever they want to call it yeah absolutely so it's 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 really interesting there are some people where absolutely they don't want to do it they don't think it will help and they'll just sit and they might turn their back or whatever they, they might change their mind later on but that's fine Everyone's allowed to do what they want to do. I'm not going to force them to do anything. But those that get their hands on it have great fun and and great learning as well. I mean, it's an incredibly powerful tool, it, even though it is extruded plastic bricks and, and other elements. It's an incredibly powerful tool. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting for me. And obviously, um, and sort of hot off the press, but our listeners can hear this. You know, obviously, we've spoke about how Atticus Hunter and Be People Smart can uh, you know partner to sort of take this into kind of inclusion and accessibility type learning as well I just I see it as such a powerful thing but I'm really interested what you were just saying about you know those who wouldn't necessarily see the benefits to start with because I just see those exact same people and you're right sometimes they're the people who are more vocal and animated towards the end because they have really benefited but like I say you get the odd one yeah, that would 
sort of really rather be somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the way I like to think about it uh, is that, that everyone has like a fun box in, in their head. They have their fun box and sometimes people will open it and they'll let fun happen and sometimes people have locked it tight they've locked it shut no this is not fun I cannot have fun <laughs> I mean very important don't you know and uh then when they when they get to it and it's mandatory fun maybe one may say when they're in a workshop doing it but then that box just explodes and they can't contain it and it's just been locked for so long that they go oh, I'm doing all this stuff I'm playing and it's cool it's safe like it's enjoyable I can just make whatever I want and it's it's just amazing seeing that change the other thing I find particularly with people with that sort of outlook in life is when they do embrace it I tend to find that the actual team dynamics uh, really improve almost immediately in the room but you can sort of tell that there, there's been a completely different shift because I think if people have gone to work with the attitude of you know, I can't make this personal. I'm not going to tell them my wife or my husband's name or, you know, if I have children because this is the workplace. And all of a sudden there's that element of kind of vulnerability because, you you know, you do, you have fun, you become human. Uh, shockingly, we should all be human at work, but, you know, you become human. It can really help people see, you know, that that, that person in a different light and it can help them gel with the people in the room. And you can sometimes watch this very straight-faced person, all of a sudden the smile gets broader and the, the kind of distance of chairs narrows and people gravitate to them. And and it they probably wouldn't notice it because where I come from an outsider's a rule and I watch the different dynamics, it makes me smile. And I'm like, that was almost an accidental <laughs> outcome. But it's really nice when you watch that sort of stuff. Do you come across that as well? Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing watching it. And even things like, I don't know if it's because of the tactile nature of the the um, tool itself, but you'll get people more patting each other on the back or putting a sh- hand on a shoulder or something like that. You know, it gets a lot more just friendly, um, if that's the, if that's the term to use. And they, they do, they they completely change. Their chairs move out the way and they're, they're kind of all together around the table or huddling over one another to see around a piece of a piece of um, a piece of work that someone's done and they're not afraid maybe to lean over somebody whereas at the start they'd have been oh I'm going to be six inches away from everybody and that that whole thing changes as well that that kind of side of things yeah I, I just I, I love all that sort of stuff I think it's the whole human factors piece to it but yeah you, you almost you can sort of stand back and not just smile at your actual workshop you can smile at all the, you know, additional impact that, as I say, sometimes it's an accidental thing, but actually it's quite consistent. So I think when you are teaching people in a really human centric way, Mm -hmm. that it it is actually a natural outcome that they, they literally can become more sort of connected. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, no, I love it. So Another question, a bit randomly, but I've got to ask, for anyone who hasn't found Atticus Hunter, your logo is a duck. Why a duck? So there is, um, as part of the skills building, um, an exercise uh, that that goes around uh, that is about building a duck. Um, And you're given six bricks. um, And with those six bricks, you are asked to build a duck. And then with that duck, you may be asked another question. Uh, so uh, the show we're asking to 
build a duck and then tell the story as to why that duck was your ideal client um, or how they represent your ideal client. And so what that does is it allows you to build something with your hands. You get your hands, start moving, uh, putting putting things together, tactile piece. You get to um, look around inside your head uh, unconsciously for the most part as to what a, what does a duck look like? Um, you know, what what's a duck's story? Tell me about a duck, all right, head. What, what else have I got in here? Um, so you get to uh, kind of have a bit of thinking going on. And then you get to tell the story. So you get some practice in the storytelling of the duck and how they uh, represent your ideal client or whatever this question may be that you're asking. So in that kind of gives you a really small, uh, very brief, constrained, uh, but at the same time, not constrained version of the rest of the the session. So the six bricks constrain you because there are six of them. However, there are so many possible possible ways that you could build that into a duck. Um, if if I were to give you six four by two bricks, there are somewhat like nine hundred and sixteen million possible ways of sticking them together. Um, with this. With these six bricks, I'm not sure how many ways there are. I'm not a mathematician, but a lot. And you can do workshops with like 100 people and not see the same duck twice. And oh, it's a really wow. nice way of kind of sharing that story as well, that what you are building is has probably never been, been built by anyone before. Uh, this is your thinking, your story. It's unique to you. It is your your creative approach to thinking with, with Lego bricks and elements. Excellent. I don't, didn't realise that. So you just completely opened my eyes to a whole new thing there. Um, and yes, I did build a duck. So it, it, it might not have looked like the Atticus Hunter duck, but it was certainly a brick duck. And uh, I did take a photo of it as well. Um, so, I mean, there's so many things around, you know, learning and just all of the elements we've spoken about. And of course, I think we've proven the point that absolutely learning can be fun and that it should be fun. And of course, if you want your learning to be fun, Atticus Hunter, one route to go. So look them up. On that point, if people want to find you, if they want to find Atticus Hunter and I can share links, mm -hmm. how do they do that? Where can they find you? So um, I don't have a lot of social media. Most of what you'll find is on LinkedIn. Um, in fact, all of what you'll find is on LinkedIn because uh, the others have been deleted. Um, so I'm Rob Lockwood on 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 LinkedIn, or you can also find Atticus Hunter. There is the Atticus Hunter website, atticushunter.co.uk. Or, you know, if you've got any questions on LinkedIn or send me an email, uh, info at atticushunter.co.uk, and I can get back to you. Where else can I, can people find me? Well, if you happen to live in Scotland, that's where I am. So you can find me on the street. Um, but no, those are the main places. Oh, wow. I didn't realise you travelled down for the uh, business show that was in London. Yeah, yeah. I, my my accent often uh, confuses people because I don't sound Scottish at all. But yes, absolutely. Live up here and travel down. It was quite a drive, <laughs> but a brilliant show. Excellent stuff. So... Rob, the magic question, quite literally, that I ask all of my guest speakers is, from a Harry Potter fan, if I could give you a magic wand, so no limitations, and you could cast your spell to change one thing, it's usually to do with inclusion, but it could be to do with the working world, 
what would you use the magic wand for? So I, I had to think about this and really it comes back to what I love, which is creativity. And creativity is a lot of times knocked out of people through school. Definitely was for me, that's for sure. Um, and so people leave school and go into their careers and in further education, other things with this limiting belief that they are not creative. So with my magic wand, I would like to remove that limiting belief that people are not creative. Because imagine what the world would be like if people didn't see things as impossible things that they can't pass rather than things that they just maybe have to solve differently at kind of a problem that has to be solved rather than something that they can't get past. And you can do that with creative thinking and just with creativity in general. I think it would be a much more exciting world if everyone considered themselves to be creative. I really like that answer. And it actually resonates with me personally because there's lots of people I know who consider themselves creatives and a lot of those people are neurodivergent. And so it's like a direct correlation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never considered myself creative. And it's funny because when you're put into a scenario, so over the last couple of years, been, you know, far more um, visible on LinkedIn. And so you try and find, of course, new and creative ways of engaging with people And so I probably am, it may be in different ways to other people, but I probably am more creative than I'd give myself credit for. And then sitting with you that day, it was funny because when I started putting all those Lego parts on, I was actually thinking I can be creative too, because I genuinely don't think of myself as that way, because technically I always seem to think of things in very straight lines and I like spreadsheets, you know, I can't stand mind maps. Um, They just don't work for me. But I think... Maybe because we also get fixated on what creative is. Mm-hmm. So That's I think it can be very different from one person to another, but it doesn't actually mean it's less. Definitely. I mean, creative, when I was growing up, creative was being able to draw boats in a yard at school or something like that. And my teacher said that I wasn't very good at it and I should go and focus on science and maths. Thanks um you know so my whole life I was expecting creative to be arty but absolutely not absolutely not there's so much to it see I think that's where I was coming from I've never been artistic and so I always considered that meant I wasn't creative Mm -hmm. and exactly the same as you I think I, I I will now sit here and say to everybody listening I am creative but in Jody way (laughs) absolutely the best way that's brilliant thank you I I love the answers to that question everyone's so different fabulous so what would you like our listeners to take away from this episode today other than of course checking out Atticus Hunter yeah um I think it would be that play is okay like have fun at work make it enjoyable um and to to quote Rain Wilson, who played Dwight in the US office, uh, creativity is absolutely for everyone. I think that's the main thing. It's absolutely for everyone, whoever you are, whatever you do. I like that. And I think it is important. And I think fun, not just when you're learning, but I think fun at work makes 
all the difference to people and as an environment a workplace environment if people are enjoying it it's palpable you can almost feel a fun environment the same way you can feel if an environment's quite hostile it's almost like the the two ends of a sword yeah absolutely so that's really great stuff so thank you rob um i think you're gonna well, you're going to probably send a lot of people to go and buy some Lego now because you'd get everyone thinking. But I think you're also going to get people thinking really differently about learning, about creativity, and hopefully looking for those opportunities that actually do bring fun into that learning space. So fingers crossed, we're going to see a lot more of it happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Look forward to it. Thanks, Jody. You're very welcome. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for everything you've shared. And of course, thank you to all of our listeners for joining today. And I hope you enjoyed it. And the links will be shared, but definitely check out Rob Lockwood and Atticus Hunter. Well, most of you probably will enjoy the Lego, let's be honest. But even if it's not about the Lego, it's definitely worth learning sessions that actually work. So take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. We really hope you enjoyed it. Please rate us and leave us a review. We really want to know what you think. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the amazing guest speakers we have lined up.